Well, good evening, folks. How are you tonight? It's good to see you. Are you glad to be back in revival tonight? Yeah. Amen. God has been doing some unbelievable things, and I'm so excited about what he's going to do tonight as well. As Brett said, Sunday's coming, and I haven't felt an audible yet, just so you know. I feel a little bit like Forrest Gump when he was running. I, at the end of it, he just said, yeah, I'm kind of tired. I think I want to go home now. <laughs> but if he calls an audible, I'll listen to the Lord too. But man, it has been such a good time just absolutely listening to God, letting God move in our lives, and watching God transform us. Amen? Tonight, you are in for a treat. We have Bishop Bill Lee with us, and I'm going to introduce him in a minute, but I just want to introduce the more important part of that, and that is Sheila Lee is with us tonight. So glad you are here tonight. Welcome. Bill is, um, has been a longtime evangelist, such a great preacher, and uh, he is pastoring now in Conyers, Georgia at Victorious Life, and they've been there for a couple of years, and God's just really helping them along the way there, and uh, just excited about that. He is a leader of leaders in our denomination as well. I told you the other night that um, uh, Tony Stewart, who was with us, was part of our um, five-person executive committee. They work in tandem with a group of 18 elected officials that serve on an executive council that serves as sort of the accountability group and advisory and finances and all of those things. And uh, Bishop Bill was voted this time at our General Assembly as the chairman of that committee and uh, of that council. And we, he is um, absolutely leading in such a tremendous way. And we are thrilled that he was able to make time to be with us tonight. I hope at the end of service, when it's over with, he's got a table in the atrium and he's got a book that he's written, All the King's Men. I hope you'll go pick that book up. There's also some envelopes there. All of that is going to support a missions trip to South Africa. So whatever you sow into them tonight, God is going to return unto you multifold because God's going to do something great in South Africa through your gifts and through your purchasing of books and giving through that office. I want to encourage you, go back there, tell him hello, and bless him on the way out as well. Amen? So I am delighted. I told you last night, probably one of the best preachers in all of the land, and I'm glad he's here tonight. Would you give a great Mount Perrin North welcome to Bishop Bill Lee? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we put our hands together? Let's give Jesus Christ a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good tonight? Is anybody just glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Why don't you encourage the person next to you, turn to him real quick, tell him, neighbor. You look slimmer and younger since the last time I saw you. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> what a blessing and a joy it is to be with you tonight. I give God praise for you and for just this wonderful opportunity to be here at Mount Perrin with the Mount Perrin family. This tremendous model church that God has raised up here to be a blessing to this city. How about this man of God that God has blessed you with? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thankful for the gift of friendship. Thank you for this wonderful invitation. Thank you for how you have walked out your faith. Amen. In front of all of us through turbulent times. 
Dr. King said the measure of a man is not found in how he handles the good times, but how he deals with adversity. And uh, we appreciate you and thank you for walking that out in front of us. Our prayers are continue with, with you, and we're just, again, honored to have this privilege and opportunity. I hear that God has been blessing you here during your revival. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to try to jump in and be a part of what the Lord is doing. So if you have your Bibles tonight, the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 5. So happy to have some members with me from Victorious Life. Uh, they're spread out, I think, throughout the house. But if you just don't mind, just waving. Amen. Can we put our hands together and just welcome them tonight? Praise the Lord. St. Luke chapter 5. And look at verses 1 through 11. And it reads, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets and entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished in all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Hallelujah. We want to focus our attention on verse number four. It reads, now when he had left speaking, he said unto them, launch out into the deep. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject positioning for a relaunch positioning for a relaunch. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him God's positioning you for a relaunch. Father, touch your servant tonight. Let me speak your word with power and authority. Let me speak, dear God, into the lives of your people as you are positioning somebody for the next phase of greatness in their life. Be glorified in this moment, and we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. In the early 2000s, the coffee giant Starbucks was expanding rapidly in terms of its many locations, as well as the products in which they were offering. They were extremely successful as they built up a loyal following of coffee fans by simply recreating the vibe of the neighborhood coffee house. 
Well, after experiencing this success, the company began investing in non-coffee-related items, mostly, notably, music. But as it grew, Starbucks' quality of service was not able to keep up with its rapid expansion, and sadly, they began to dilute the quality of its brand. Well, this practice, which of course was designed to save money, it ended up affecting their good image that they had worked so hard to develop. In the eyes of the public, Starbucks had transitioned by abandoning its local coffeehouse roots and was now turning into a cold calculating corporation. By 2008, Driven in part by the financial collapse the country was experiencing, Starbucks found itself in dire straits. Its stock prices were plummeting, causing many analysts to predict that the coffee juggernaut would soon fade away into obscurity. In an effort to stay afloat, the once seemingly unstoppable coffee chain ended up closing more than 900 of its stores and also laying off a huge chunk of its workforce in the process. At a time when cash-strapped Americans were viewing coffee more and more as a commodity, they, incre they increasingly turned to cheaper alternatives. So Starbucks now found itself in need of a new game plan. They needed to convince people that Starbucks was worth the extra cost. So what they ended up doing is a team with an agency called BBDO to engage in a relaunch. They began the multi-million dollar campaign making Starbucks coffee the star of the show once again. And ad lines included ads like, if your coffee isn't perfect, we'll make it over. If it's still not perfect, you must not be in a Starbucks. So thanks in part to this massive campaign that focused on the quality of its core product, Starbucks was able to reinvigorate its brand as well as its business. And in 2014, the company reported more than a $16 billion annual revenue. You see, all of us, just like Starbucks, if we are going to remain effective, if we are going to remain relevant, if we are going to remain on the cutting edge, we'll from time to time have to find ourselves engaging in a relaunch. In other words, we will reach a time in which we have to rebrand, to reinvent ourselves, to rekindle our fire, to put our past failures behind us, even to break things down and even start over again yes indeed at some point all of us will find ourselves in need of a relaunch and that will be the divine will of the master as we come to our chosen text here in the gospel according to saint luke jesus is now at the beginning of his public ministry and he finds himself the bible says preaching the word of god by the shores of lake Gennesaret. Now the impact of his ministry is already seen here. As the Bible says, the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Well, after this dynamic crusade, Jesus then turns to engage a group of fishermen 
who found themselves surrounded by all of the ingredients that would normally result in them needing a relaunch. You see, these men, they had engaged in a fishing expedition. And according to the word of God, it was a total failure. For the Bible says that they had been fishing all night and they caught absolutely nothing. They are frustrated. They had ended their quest and their hopes of bringing in fish. And now the cloud of failure was hanging over their head, preparing to drench them with the rainfall of depression. Now Jesus, he would interact with them concerning their dilemma and eventually would challenge them to engage in a relaunch, saying, fellas, I want you to launch out into the deep. Well, I want to journey through this text today. Because I believe our text speaks to many of us who are finding ourselves in that same frustrating position and in need of a relaunch tonight. So let me share with you three things in our text tonight that I believe we must have if we are going to position ourselves for a relaunch. The first thing, number one, that we must do is we must restore our passion. Can somebody say that word passion? Passion. Passion is an extremely powerful word and an extremely powerful invisible force. As a matter of fact, a person that has a passion for what they do, that individual can oftentimes overcome disadvantages, handicaps, disabilities, and even a lack of opportunity. And watch this, they can actually outperform somebody who may have more natural talent who may have not more natural ability, who may be more connected and get more opportunities, but they do not have the passion that that other individual has. As a matter of fact, if you're here tonight and you are seeking the will of God in your life, one of the questions that you can ask yourself is, what am I passionate about? As a matter of fact, turn to your neighbor real quick and ask them, what are you passionate about? Yes. What are you passionate about? What is that thing that burns down in your belly? What is that area of injustice that really, really makes you angry? What is that one thing that you must do and cannot live without doing? What is that thing that you would do even if you were not getting paid for it? Because what I believe that in these times in which we're living and with us going through so much that God is looking for some people that he can use that have passion. My God. Oh, my God. I'm talking about people that have a burning down in their sanctified soul. I'm not talking about the people that you have to pump and prime and pay and weigh pom-poms in order to get them to do something. But I'm talking about somebody that has a burning in their soul that no matter what stands in their way, they are going to do what God has placed in their spirit to do. Oh, my God. Criticize me, but it won't kill my passion. Talk about me, but it will not kill my passion. Ostracize me, but it will not kill my passion. Criticize me, scandalize me, but there is something burning on the end of my, within my sanctified soul, and I must do what God has called me to do. Passion. And when we come to our text, we are immediately confronted by a group of fishermen who had lost their passion. Again, verse number one, it came to pass 
that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, these fishermen had become so discouraged and despondent. They had become so frustrated that they literally got up and walked out of their place of purpose. Although Jesus would later on call them to a higher place of purpose, at this moment they were fishermen and were supposed to be in the ship doing what fishermen do. But they became so frustrated. They became so discouraged. They became so discombobulated that they literally got up and walked out of their place of purpose. And understand that whenever you take something or someone out of their place of purpose, decline and even death is going to be imminent. Can I show you what I'm talking about? Take a plant out of the ground. It's place of purpose. It may sit on the mantle for a few days and look cute, but eventually it is going to shrivel up and it is going to die. Take a bird out of the sky. It's place of purpose. It may flap around on the ground a little bit and creep around, but eventually a predator is going to get a hold of it and it is going to die. Take a fish out of the water. It's place of purpose. Amen. It'll last for just a few moments on the shore, but eventually its gills are going to dry up and it is going to die. Take a man or a woman out of God. Our place of purpose. My God, we may make a few friends. We may build a few buildings. We may invent a few things, but eventually we are going to die because whenever you take something or someone out of their place of purpose, death is going to come. You say to me, preacher, why are you saying that? Well, the reason why I'm saying that is because I need to talk to some people in this house tonight. You were once in your place of purpose. You were once functioning. The favor of God was upon you. My God, the blessings of God were flowing out of your life. There was an anointing on you and perhaps something happened. Maybe somebody offended you. Maybe somebody said the wrong thing or things did not go your way and you got up and walked out of your place of purpose. My God, without realizing that the enemy deceived you into moving out of your place, trying to bring decline and death in your life. But I come by to declare in the name of Jesus that somebody is about to rise up and get back in their place Woo. glory to God turn to somebody real quick and tell them get back in your place oh get back in your place that's right, get back in your place. God's got an anointing for you, but you gotta get back in your place. God wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings, but you gotta get back in your place. God wants to bless you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, but you gotta get back in your place. God wants to take you to a brand new level, but you gotta tell the devil, I've been out long enough. I've been licking my wounds long enough. I'm gonna rise up and get back in my place. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Get back in your place. But listen, because the Bible didn't just say that they left their place of purpose 
by leaving their ship. But it also said that they were washing their nets. You see, the washing of the nets, it was actually the final act that the fishermen would engage in to symbolize that their day was over. So when these fishermen, when Jesus showed up, pardon, these fishermen had basically given up. They had thrown in the towel. They were waving the white flag. These brothers had mailed it in. The opera lights had now dimmed and the fat lady was on center stage. It was now in the final chorus of her song. It was over. You know something? There are some folk watching us online, sitting in this congregation tonight, going through all the motions, saying all the right things, but behind the mask, behind the smile, Somebody in here is washing their nets. Smiling, lifting their hands, singing all the songs, quoting the scripture, saying all the right things. But if you really look into their eyes, you'll see that they're washing their nets. Getting up in the morning, crack of dawn, getting dressed, going downstairs, sitting there, having breakfast with the children, patting the kids on, your head, on the head and giving hugs on the way out the door, giving courtesy kisses. But the family has no idea, but daddy is washing his nets. Getting up in the morning, preparing the children for school, making breakfast, driving them to school, dropping them off, running to work, working the job, picking them up, taking them to soccer practice and basketball games. And on the outside, everything looks fine, but the family has no idea. But mother is washing her nets, going to practice, taking exams, going through all of the practices, having the coach scream and yell, pushing them to go further, but the team has no clue, but that student athlete is washing his nets, teaching lessons, attending PTA meetings, tutoring students after school, meeting with parents, trying to work through all of the difficulties of COVID and all of the things that happened, and the principal has no idea, but that educator is washing her nets, casting vision for the company, training, hiring, and firing, managing the finances, but the company has no clue, but the manager is washing his nets, preaching sermons, laying hands on sick people, running from hospital to hospital, fielding calls, hearing complaints, casting vision, sitting down with building plans, the congregation has no idea, but that staff member 
that pastor, that pastor's wife, they're washing their nets. We have a lot of people, even here tonight, going through all of the motions, saying all of the right things, but little to even those who are closest to us know that we're washing our nets. As a matter of fact, we have a lot of folk in the church who are kind of like Sarah in the Old Testament. Y- y- y'all remember Sarah? How God had given Abraham a promise that he was going to have a son through her. And the Bible says that God waited until Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. And the scripture, according to Romans, says that Abraham's body was dead and Sarah's womb was shut. Y'all remember that, right? And one day, old Abraham is having prayer meeting, you know, and Sarah's kind of eavesdropping. She's got the phone up on the other end listening in, right? (laughs) And she overhears God repeat the promise to Abraham that he was going to have a son through her at 90. And do y'all remember what Sarah did? Yeah, she laughed. But listen, it wasn't the kind of laugh like when you hear a good joke, you know. It was kind of a sarcastic kind of laugh. Kind of like, yeah, right kind of laugh. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You see, what happened to Sarah is what has happened to many of us, even under the sound of my voice right now. Sarah had been in the waiting room for so long that the devil convinced her that because it did not happen yet, that it was not going to happen. Are y'all here? And I need to talk to somebody right now because God gave you a promise. God gave you a confirmation. He gave you a word and he gave you a promise that something is going to happen in your life and you've been sitting in the waiting room and the devil has come by to tell you that it's not going to happen. I come by to tell you the devil is a liar tonight. If God said it is going to happen, it is going to happen. Woo. Why don't you high-five somebody and tell them it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. My God, don't you dare give up. Don't you walk away yet. My God, call another prayer meeting. Quote another scripture. Pray until the middle of the night. But glory to God, you just know that the promises of God are yea and amen. It is going to happen. Oh, my God. I feel like preaching a little bit tonight. Anybody feel like having some church with me tonight? Glory to God. But hold up. Because the Bible didn't just say that she laughed, Bishop. It said that she laughed within herself. So it was a silent laugh. Nobody heard it. Matter of fact, old brother Abraham thought she was still with the program. <laughs> See that brother walking into the room saying, hey, baby. <laughs> you know we're going to have that baby, right? Sarah's smiling. Yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And he, Abraham walked out the room. She go, yeah, right. <laughs> Sarah had fallen asleep on the inside. And nobody even knew it. You know, she was going through all the motions, saying all the right stuff. You know, talking to faith talk, putting the scriptures up. You know, going to Babies R Us, buying all the blue stuff and getting the room together. Uh, you know, she had all the Bibles from TBN and you know, had her little fish on the back of her car, you know, naming it and claiming it and grabbing it and having it and marking it and parking it and declare it and wear it, you know, all that stuff. I just going through all the emotions. You know how we do in church, shaking hands, praise the Lord, I'm blessed and highly favored right here. But deep down inside, she had gone to sleep and nobody even knew it. Going through the motions, but the twinkle had left her eye. The joy had left her spirit. The bounce was no longer in her step. Just going through the motions, alive, but not really living. She had fallen asleep on the inside and nobody even knew it. And there are some people in here that are just like Sarah. Walking around like the living dead, thinking that God somehow has forgotten what he told you. My God, the dream has died on the inside. The vision has died on the inside. And you were just walking around, going through all the motions. My God, nobody heard Sarah laughing. Her husband didn't hear her laughing. Her servants didn't hear her laughing. Her girls did not hear her laughing. But can I tell you who heard her laughing? God heard her laughing my God and he leaned over the portals of heaven and said you go ahead and laugh old lady but the last laugh is gonna be on you glory to God the next time I hear about Sarah laughing she is holding the baby Isaac in her arms and saying the Lord has made me to laugh glory to God I come by to tell somebody get ready you're about to laugh again hallelujah you're about to have your joy restored you're about to have the back in your step and the song back in your spirit weeping has endured for the night but joy is coming in the morning can somebody lift your hands in here right now and give God a praise in the house oh Woo. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. My God, God's about to renew somebody and give you your passion back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So these men had lost their passion and they needed to have their passion, their passion restored. But then the second thing that these men must did, that had to do that we must do Number two, if we're going to experience a relaunch, we must rebuke the spirit of failure. Now, I don't want to offend any of y'all, you know, in here. I know you're anointed, appointed, you know. Had a double dose of the Holy Ghost, you know. Member of Mount Perrin Church and ready to go should he come or call, you know. Super saints. Faster than a speeding deacon. More powerful than a missionary. Able to leap tall demons in a single body. I, I know, I know you, but, 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 but let me, 
Can I ask you a question tonight? <laughs> Any of y'all super saints ever fail? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, a few of y'all didn't raise your hand, so. <laughs> Figure you were either just born yesterday or you're sitting up here in revival having a strained relationship with the truth. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to call you a liar. Just going to say you have a... I don't care who you are, how blessed you are. All of us, at some point or another, have failed, might be failing right now, or will fail in the future. As a matter of fact, the road to success is oftentimes filled with failures. Are y'all hearing me? And see, I, I think that in the church, we have kind of created an atmosphere where people feel uncomfortable talking about their failure because we have given the people the impression that if they're anointed enough and have enough faith that somehow it is going to exempt them from going through failure. So we, we, we walk around trying to act like, you know, kind of fronting, you know, praise the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm the perfect businessman, you know, all of my portfolio is wonderful all of my investments and I've never lost anything praise God you know look at my wonderful family 2.5 children a nice white house and a picket fence where the Brady's and the Huxtables you know we don't ever have in a day of arguing everything is just wonderful praise God I'm the perfect student I got a 4.5 GPA <laughs> never failed an exam everything is just great you look at my ministry everything come on now can we get real tonight <laughs> Because the truth is, we've always, in our, in our experience, experienced failure. And as a matter of fact, if you're here tonight and you have failed lately, I come by to encourage you. Now, if you failed lately, just do these two things. Number one, stop rehearsing it. Are y'all hearing me? Learn the lesson that God would have for you to learn through the failure and stop allowing the enemy to beat you upside the head based upon your failure in the past. Stop rehearsing it. The second thing you need to do is put it behind you. Amen. As a matter of fact, just stretch your hand out just like this right here. All right, that's your failure right there. Now just toss it over your shoulder. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Didn't that feel good? But now, now turn around and apologize to the person that you just hit with the failure. <laughs> but truth is, we all fail. As a matter of fact, somebody has said this. They said the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception of and their response to failure. Achieving people realize... That failing does not make you a failure. Uh, I touch somebody near you. Tell them I may have failed, but I'm not a failure. Oliver Goldsmith has said that success consists of getting up one more time than you fall. Somebody else said that a big shot is just a little shot that kept on shooting. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we all fail. But here's the key. Make sure that although we fail, that we be careful 
and spiritually alert enough to make sure that we do not take on the spirit of failure. And there's a difference. You see, we don't take on the spirit of failure until we decide that because we fail, we're simply going to fold up the tent, fold our arms, sit there and have a pity party and never try again. And that is where Peter and these brothers are here in this text. They are literally surrounded by the spirit of failure. You say to me, preacher, how do you know? The reason I know is because of the way that they responded when Jesus challenges them. All right, again, these guys had been out fishing all night. The Bible says they caught nothing. And Jesus walks up on them and challenges them. Fellas, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And what did Simon say? Master, we have toiled all the night and taken nothing. That's the King James Version, but let me give you all the, the loose Lee version. Are y'all here? <laughs> okay, so these brothers have been out fishing all night, right? And Jesus rolls up on them. <laughs> and say, hey, y'all launch out into the deep. Peter turns, said, look, man. We've been out here all night, and now you got the nerve, the gall, to roll up in here talking about launching out into the deep. You just got here. Uh, can I ask y'all a question tonight? Has anybody in here ever toiled in something so long and got so frustrated that you reached a point in which you did not even want to hear anybody try to encourage you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you didn't want, I'm sorry, I must be the only one in here that has a, but you, you get to a point where you don't want to hear another word. You don't want to hear another church cliche. You don't want to hear even another scripture. Can I just be real? And you most certainly don't want to hear from the parking lot prophet with another word from the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, they already gave you five prophecies and only two of those came to pass. So you're trying to decide whether they're prophesying or prophesying. You know what I'm talking about, right? So you like, look. So you see that number come up on the caller ID, you say, I better not answer this today because it's going, so going, we're going to have some problems. Y'all know what I'm saying? Right. Well, that is where Peter is. He said, look, Jesus, we've had enough. We have failed. We've been at this all night, and I really don't want to hear it. But then something happened. His faith kicked in. And this is what he said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to go ahead and launch out into the deep. Glory to God. In other words, I don't like the way things look. I don't know how you're going to do it. We have failed in the past, but because you said it, I'm going to try one more time. My God, I believe that in this revival that God is releasing some nevertheless faith in this house. 
Somebody shout, nevertheless. Nevertheless, my God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but nevertheless, I'm going to try again. My God, my son or daughter is not saved, but nevertheless, I'm going to keep on praying. Hallelujah. My God, I don't know how you're going to turn this situation around, but nevertheless, I'm going to stand on your word. My God, because you said it, I'm going to try it one more time. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you may have failed yesterday. But that was then, and this is now. Try one more time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't you dare give up. Yeah, my God, you may have failed in the past, but Jesus is saying, try it again. Rebuke that spirit of failure. Come against that spirit of fear and intimidation. My God, so what? They're criticizing you. So what? They're talking about you. Try one more time which brings me to my final point not only must we restore our passion not only must we rebuke the spirit of failure but number three we must raise our level of expectation can I ask y'all a question is anybody in here still believing and expecting God to do something great in these last days Turn to your neighbor real quick and tell him, neighbor, I'm expecting. I'm sorry. Hold up. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm talking spiritually. Um, so a brother in the back just passed out right there in the section. Can we get some help from the nurse and crew? Is that my Talking spiritually, okay. But how many of you are expecting God to do something awesome? Young people, can y'all do me a favor? Dream big. You, you hear me? Uh -huh. When you sit down and write out your vision board, write and expect God to do big things. As a matter of fact, young people, if you have a vision board that you can complete in your own lifetime. Tear it up and start over. Because when God gives you a vision, it's not only going to impact you, but it's going to impact generations long after you are here. Are you hearing me? Dream big. If you're in this house right now and you got a vision that you can complete on your own and in your own power, tear it up and start over. Because the kind of vision that God gives is so big that if God does not get involved, it is not going to happen. Glory to God. That's the kind of vision that God wants us to have. He wants us to expect great things from him. Don't get offended by what I'm saying here. But I believe it's time for us to start praying big, audacious prayers to our God. Hallelujah. My God. Amen. Our God is able to hear and meet the needs of his people. And I believe that God is looking for somebody who will dare to believe him, who will raise their level of expectation. And here in our text, hidden is actually God performing a miracle for Peter that was beyond his level of expectation. 
Can I show you what I'm talking about? Again, they had been out fishing all night. Jesus comes, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon's faith is not where it should be because notice what Jesus said. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Plural. For a draught. Simon is upset. He's tired. Don't want to hear it. His faith kicked in, but not quite at the level that Jesus wanted it. Because notice what he said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Singular. Jesus has a multi-net miracle for Peter. But Peter only has singular net faith. Can I tell Mount Perrin something? For what God is about to do in the next season for this church, you're going to need some more nets. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody. Tell them let's get some more nets. Oh, let's get some more nets. Glory to God. Get ready, Mount Perrin. Hallelujah. Amen. Because God is about to do something. He's about to send in a harvest. Glory to God that we're going to need some more nets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care what the experts have said about the church. I know we are post-COVID and the experts are saying things will never be the same. They're right. They won't be the same. They're going to be greater than ever before. Glory to God. Let's get ready. Let's get some more nets. Woo. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Turn to three people and tell them we're going to need some more nets. Yes, we're going to need some more nets. Glory to God because he's about to open up the windows of heaven and pour us out blessings that there shall not be room enough to receive. We're going to need some more nets because he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. So there, Peter, with his singular net faith, cast the net into the water. And they're standing there, waiting to see what was going to happen. And you know, Bishop, when I read the end of this story and saw how all those fish came in the net, I thought to myself, how on earth did that happen? But then my imagination started going. And I know this might sound silly to some of y'all, but I started remembering when I was growing up how we used to watch cartoons. Uh, anybody in here used to watch cartoons? <laughs> anybody in here still watching? Okay. <laughs> but listen, I grew up in the pre-satellite and cable era. Anybody remember that back in the day? Yeah, like three channels. Y'all don't know nothing about this. Y'all just kind of listen. Go YouTube or something when you get home. But listen, when we were growing up, we had these TVs with the little rabbit ears. Yeah, little antenna going out. 
Yeah, and when the antenna broke, we would get a hanger and put it. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And this was, you know, before the remote. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we were <laughs> the remote. Anybody? You'd be outside playing, you know, your parent. Bill, get in here. You run two miles, walk into the living room. He said, go over there and turn that channel. <laughs> Anybody remember when the handle used to break? You get some pliers. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw the pliers in the garage. I was like, what's the channel changer doing out here? What the... <laughs> anyway (laughs) they didn't have the cartoon channel so we had to wait until Saturday morning (laughs) but one of those cartoons we used to watch was a cartoon called the super friends anybody remember with Batman and Robin and Wonder Woman and Superman well one of those characters in there kind of spoke to me about what might have happened when that net hit the water and that's that brother who wears the orange outfit the one they just made the movie about a few years ago, Aquaman. Y'all, y'all remember Aquaman? Well, Aquaman, he possessed a certain power. He is mythically called the king of the sea. So Aquaman, he possessed the power to telepathically communicate to anything that was in the water. So if he needed well, he would send a message and a whale would come. If he needed a school of fish or octopus, but whatever he needed, he would speak to them. And because he was the king of the sea, They did whatever he told them to do. Are y'all here? Well, listen here. When I looked at this text and started thinking about what might have happened when that net hit the water, I realized that the man who commanded them to launch out into the deep was greater than Aquaman. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, he not only is the king of the sea, but he is the king of glory. He is the king of the universe. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So if y'all don't mind me using my imagination, can I tell y'all what I believe happened? I believe that when that net hit the water, that Jesus started sending out telepathic messages to all of the fish that were in that area. As a matter of fact, I believe he began to call them by their name. He said, Porgy, Whiting, Catfish, Salmon, Bluefish, Heron, Halibut, Blowfish, Tilapia, Grouper, Goldfish, Tuna fish, swordfish, baked fish, fried fish. This is your master calling you, and I command you to jump into that net. Glory to God. Get ready, man of God. God is speaking to the fish all over Atlanta, Georgia. White fish, black fish, yellow fish, brown fish, rich fish, poor fish. There is a net at Mount Perrin Church, and he is commanding them to jump into the net. Get ready. They're coming from the north. They're coming from the south. They're coming from the east. And they're coming 
from the west, God is speaking to the fish. And watch what happened. The Bible says that when they began to take the net out of the water, there were so many fish, the net began to break. If they had multi-net faith, they would have had a multi-net miracle. My God, but I like Peter because the Bible said when they saw what was going to happen, they called all the other boats to buy and said, look what God is doing over here. Can I tell you, church, that you're not just setting the pace for Mount Perrin Church, but glory to God, you're about to bless churches all over this area. You are paving the way. You are preparing. Get ready. God is speaking to the fish. They had multi-net faith. They would have had a multi-net miracle. One more time, turn to somebody, tell them, let's get some more nets. And now the relaunch, and I'm done. Peter, after seeing the miracle, the Bible says they were astonished. And all the rest of them that were with them. And Peter said, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, but the Lord said, no, 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 Pete. Listen, I like you. Because when I blessed you, you didn't keep the blessing to yourself. You realize that I blessed you to be a blessing to all of the others. So you're the kind of brother I can use on my team. So here's what I'm going to do, Peter. Don't depart. I'm going to relaunch you. I'm going to redefine your destiny. I'm going to redirect your path. I'm going to show you that your greater days are not behind you, but are in front of you, Peter. If it weren't for today, Peter, you would have gone down in history as just another fisherman. But because I'm relaunching you, you will not go down in history as just another fisherman. Because from this day forward, you're no longer a fisherman, but you're a fisher of men hallelujah yes give him a hand clap so instead of going down in history as just another fisherman Peter would go down in history as one of the greatest apostles to ever grace the church stand with me all over the house tonight Tonight, as the musicians come, somebody needs a relaunch. Perhaps you're here in this house and you've lost your passion. Perhaps you have experienced failure and the enemy has been taunting you and daring you try again trying to label you as a permanent failure or maybe you're here and God is saying I need you to raise your level of expectation I want to expand your territory your influence and you need a relaunch with every eye closed every head bowed Father thank you tonight thank you for this wonderful experience in your presence.
I believe I've shared what you have placed on my heart to share tonight. And I thank you for your sons and daughters who are here because they needed to hear from you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters tonight who may have walked out of their place of purpose. We know what you've called us to do. We know the gift that you invested in us. And perhaps we've allowed it to sit dormant because of the spirit of offense or because someone criticized us or hurt us. I pray for healing first today, God. I ask you to break the power of every negative word cast against my brothers and sisters who might be in this house tonight. And I release them, God, back to their place of function, back to their place of giftedness, back to their place of talent, back to their place of assignment. God, do it tonight. I pray for my brother or sister who has been washing their nets, going through the motions, but dying on the inside. Their dream has died. Their vision has died. Their business has died. Their marriage has died. But I speak life. I rebuke the spirit of death. And I speak life right now. We shall live and not die. And declare the wonderful works of our God in the name of Jesus. God, resurrect dreams. Resurrect vision. Resurrect hope tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of failure tonight. I've come against the spirit of intimidation, the spirit of fear. I silence the taunting voice of the devil tonight. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, do it tonight. And now, God, help our unbelief. Increase our faith as we walk in the spirit of expectation. For as someone said, the spirit of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. So we invite you to do it tonight, Father. Heal bodies, deliver families, save sons and daughters. God, do it tonight, Father. Release multi-net, a multi-net harvest and multi-net miracles all over this house tonight. We thank you. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here tonight and I'm talking to you, I need a relaunch, you say. Lift your hand up. I want to pray for you. Yes, you need your passion back. You need to rebuke the spirit of failure. Lift your hand up. Now, you who will, would you make your way to this altar tonight while the Holy Spirit is moving? I believe that God wants to touch somebody tonight. Step out. Tonight is your night for breakthrough. Tonight is your night for a turnaround. Tonight is your night for a miracle. Come on. Tonight is your night for a new beginning, a new start. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Tonight is your night. Glory to God. God is about to speak life. God is about to rekindle the fire. Glory to God. Somebody's about to fall back in love intensely with Jesus. Come on. The spirit of depression is about to be broken over somebody tonight. And for the spirit of heaviness, God is about to give you the garment of praise. Step out. That's right. Step out. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Somebody, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just begin to receive him tonight. In the name of Jesus, he is here. He is here. He is renewing you. He is touching you tonight. In the name of Jesus, our prayer team tonight. 
Lady Lee, our ministers who are here, come on and help me at this altar tonight. Come on. Come on and believe God. Just begin to reach out all over the house right now. In the name of Jesus, tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. Yes, God. Do it tonight. Relaunch me, God. Renew me, Father. Redefine my destiny. Do it tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I thought by now But you have never felt me Waiting for change to
your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Still in your hands. Still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never promised this. Your promise still stands. Great is your
in your hands. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed. I'm still in your hands. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Come on, lives have been healed. 
vision. Some of you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Come on, lift up your praise to your King. This generous giver. Before we, before we end this night together, before we end our revival nights together, can we celebrate one more time? Can we sing one more song together? Can we celebrate what God has done in our lives? That we once were dead, but now we're alive. Come on, look at somebody and say, I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Come on, Scott, let's do it. Let's celebrate one more time. Come on. was buried beneath my shame. Well, think about it tonight. Who could carry that kind away? It was my turn. But that all changed when I Shelter. I was in a Declare. 
You believe that tonight? You believe you're walking out of this revival alive in Jesus Christ? Amen. I believe God has done some transformation in our lives, not just in this revival over these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want you to take it with you. I want you to go out, go to your jobs, go to your homes, and I want you to let the life of Jesus Christ live in you and live through you and watch what God's going to do. Amen? Hey, I want you to remember, this Sunday is Super Sunday here, which means, yeah, we're celebrating. You get to wear your jerseys and all that stuff, but that's not the important thing. Don't come here alone. We are trying to reach people far from God this Sunday. So you know them. They're your neighbors. They're your coworkers. Bring someone with you that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't have a church home, and let's watch what God is going to do coming out of this revival and see what he's going to do in their life. Do you believe God can change lives this Sunday? Amen. Will you agree to pray with me this week about this Sunday? That God's going to tender hearts to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, I'm going to let you go, but you're going to get blessed before you get out of here, okay? Hey, don't forget, Bishop Bill is out in the atrium. His table's out there. He's got some, uh, a book out there for sale and also some envelopes. All of it's going towards a mission trip to support South Africa. So if you would, go out there and bless them and let him know how much you appreciate him being. He's out there right now, so he's not in here, but I think he'll be able to hear us. Will you let Bishop Bill Lee know how much you appreciate his ministry tonight? Place your hands up like this, like you're about to receive something. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Now let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. Love you. I'll see you Sunday.